Galloway. And I'm Tracy Galloway. Welcome to our podcast, 36 Questions. This is an unscripted show where we candidly and spontaneously answer 36 questions that lead to love. Now, these 36 questions were invented by psychologist Arthur Aaron, who created this exercise to help people be vulnerable in order to foster closeness and intimacy. We have been married 26 years and have four almost grown children together. We've both been in Christian leadership for almost 30 years now. I've been a pastor, you've been a pastor, and we've both been student pastors. And I lead right now a nonprofit organization that does outreach to people experiencing homelessness. You know, our hope is that as we dig deep into each other's lives, that you will be inspired to find more intimacy and authenticity in your own relationships. Let's dive in. Tell me when you're ready. We're ready. Here we are, Juan and Tracy. (laughs) We've been gone for a little while. We've been gone a long (laughs) while. We were busy, okay? Well, I think what happened was we were gone October November, mm-hmm. December, and half of January mostly because I was coughing my head off right. for months. Yeah, we were sick. We were both sick <sighs> over the holidays. Gosh, it was the worst. But now we're healthy. Yeah, so I've been not coughing for two full days, so we hopped right back in here to yes. get going. Our public demanded that we return <laughs> I don't think anyone to the missed internet. us. Nobody missed us, but that's okay. We don't care. So, hello, hun. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. I had a day off. It was nice. It was pleasant. Mm-hmm. I got a haircut, hung out with my son-in-law, worked on some music for a mission trip I'm going on, the yeah. Philippines. Yeah, Philippines. Yeah. Dagupan. Nice, nice day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, uh, today was good for me, too. I was taking care of some things. Our son is leaving for Youth with a Mission at Paris Connect in Paris, France, where he's going to be for three months, and then he'll be traveling throughout five different cities in Europe and Eastern Europe, helping the homeless, helping refugees, helping the needy, um, and just learning how to draw close to God. And so we're real excited about that, but his visa has not come through in time. So I just postponed his flight tomorrow for the next week, hoping his visa will come in. But we're just chill about it. We're like, you know what? We're not going to stress. It'll get here when it gets here. Right you are. Yeah. And then I was also looking into... uh, renting out some rooms in our house on Airbnb. So looking at that, make so a little extra moolah. There's our, there's our daily life. <laughs> well, just for today. Pretty exciting. Anyway, so, um, you know, I think today uh, is question 15. Is that right? Yes, we're at question 15. All right. Yeah, podcast 15, by the way. Well, let's hit it. Okay. All right. Here is the question. What is the greatest accomplishment Tracy Galloway? Of your life. Mm, the greatest accomplishment yeah. of my life. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. I don't have a lot of accomplishments. <laughs> I mean, I'm not super accomplished. I mean, I've done some things, but I wouldn't call them accomplishments where you would get an award or something on your wall or people clapping. But... I would say for me, and I'm pretty sure most moms may say what I'm about to say, so at the risk of being uh, trite, I'm going to say 
my kids. My kids are my mm. greatest accomplishment. And it's not just having kids because anybody can have kids. It's what the Bible says, train a child in the way they should go. Right. And when they were old, when they are old, they will not depart from it. And so it's training my children in love and patience and kindness and gentleness, um, loving on them in creative ways and helping them to achieve their goals. I feel like a lot of parents, um, maybe the ones that don't want their kids to go to college out of state because they want them to stay close to home or, and maybe that's, maybe some kids need to stay close to home. There's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. But if the reason for that is that you want your child close to you because you don't want them to leave, then that's putting yourself and your needs, your emotional needs above your child's need to grow up and become independent and self-sufficient. And so even though I've sent my kids out of state to college on purpose mm -hmm. so that they can grow and learn and experience other places or sent them on missions trips around the world to experience different cultures. Um, some people might say, oh, she's kind of flippant with her kids. They're just going out of state to college. They're traveling around Africa or the Philippines or Europe. And But I'm um, intensely and immensely involved in my kids' lives probably you know a little too much <laughs> but um they're my greatest accomplishment in in helping them to accomplish their goals I think is my greatest accomplishment not that what they've done for me or what they've become or what they're becoming it's more just helping them to accomplish their goals and achieve all their dreams that's my greatest accomplishment cool yeah yeah, and it's not over. They're going to be our kids forever. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, and now we're parenting young adults. It looks different. Yeah. Because our youngest is 18. Our oldest is 24. So now when I do parent, because I'm still a parent, I have to do it in a different way than I would when they were young. It's more relational oriented. It's more supportive of what they want. I heard you gulp because you're drinking your coffee. Yeah, i sorry. I need coffee. Yeah. This is uh, fueled by caffeine. This podcast. Anyway, I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you have any thoughts about what I said? Um, yeah, I mean, is there any greater accomplishment in life than to bring someone from infancy to adulthood successfully, whatever that means, like alive, healthy to, to most you know, most degrees mm -hmm. and um, able, healthy enough to go and pursue their their dreams. Yeah, and and the truth is, all of our kids have their faults, just like you and I have our faults. Mm. And they all, all of us have seasons of life that are difficult, challenging, maybe horrific. Um, but regardless of that, I think learning how to see with the eyes of God, my kids, the way God sees them, and to give them lots of grace and mercy and support is, um, you know, it's a challenge. It's real easy to give into fear. I think a lot of women, especially, more than men, give into fear about their kids or what's happening or what's going to happen, or what's going on, and they're freaking out a lot. I, I know a lot of women, 
And a lot of the women I know are just freaking out all the time. <laughs> mm. And um, I was listening to a song this week. And uh, we're, I don't know, multiple times throughout the last week, my staff was singing this song. Um, Miracle Worker, was, is it? Mm. Promise Keeper, Miracle Worker, Light in the Darkness. I forget, but th- th- there's one part, the bridge. It's like, why do I worry? Why should I worry? God knows what I need. And it goes over and over like a million times. And it was like, it was good sometimes. Sometimes it's too repetitive, but... You know, <laughs> when songs sometimes are over, over and over and over, they sing the same lines. It starts digging into your skull like, yeah, why am I worrying? Right. Why would I worry? I have nothing to worry about despite right. the circumstances. Well, the Bible says, it's actually a command. It says, do not worry. Mm. It's not like, you know, it's not a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like a sin in a way to me. And so I fall into it. I start worrying, but I try to catch myself really quick and treat it like sin. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to worry. I'm just because it's hard to love when you're worrying. Mm. I think when you're worrying is when you get intense, Mm. angry, yell, freak out, out. you know, know, that's when you're worrying. Right. And so I feel like worrying leads to like sinful behavior, but trusting in God leads to loving behavior. And I think our kids need that more than ever because they're worrying because they're young and they're still learning about that. And so they need us to be that stable, secure, confident, trusting in God person to model for them in their life. And so I try to model that for other women, too, because I see it so much. You know, and I, it's a shame. I think that, yeah, a lot of moms think if I don't worry about my kids, then I don't love them. Oh, like I'm not a good mom. I've got to be worrying about them all the time. And... Uh, enormous waste of negative, you know, it's energy that's all negative. Yeah. And it's like, it's not helping them. It's not helping you. It's just a waste of time worrying. Yeah. And I think it's bad for a marriage too. Because if you're worrying all the time and complaining and freaking out, that's not a fun wife to be married to. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. Yeah. You know, it's also, I was reading something recently and it was talking about Oh, it was a book, and they were talking about leaving and cleaving, mm-hmm. like when you leave your parents to go to your spouse. And I, I thought when I read that, I was like, how often does the mom usually leave her husband and cleave to her kids, actually? Mm. And they're worried all the time, and they're just like kind of like in, infatuated with, you, you know. It's like a codependent relationship, yes. and I think it's, it's more – uh, there's, it's more like that when you're either separated from your husband, divorced, or live, maybe your husband is in the home, but you're separated emotionally or physically from your husband, and then you start to become too connected. Instead, because you don't have that connection with your husband, you're connecting to your kids in a way that is unhealthy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're putting them of more importance, higher importance than your husband. Right. You know, and of course, and in our culture, be. with the overactivity. Mm-hmm. that we have or our kids have even uh it's like we just spend all our time chasing you know but let me just say for the listener that it's the same with the wife it's not that a woman has to put her husband first and then her kids the husband's supposed to put the wife first Absolutely. before the kids equally right it's yeah a, before anything goes both we ways. should put each other first before yeah. anything before work before kids before anything mm-hmm. that then everything well it's god then marriage then kids, then work, right? That the 
I don't know. People, we this was kind of basic. What, what chapter of the Bible is that in? Can you tell me? I want to look that up. Oh, not in the Bible. Well, you know, that's an, but you know, obviously it makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. You know, one of the things my dad says, what? he's like, okay, God first, then my family, then work, and, go, da, 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 and then church, serving at church, and my minister. He's like, where's me? <laughs> Do I get on the list somewhere? Am I a priority? You know, and the truth is, yeah. Sometimes we, we fall off the list. It's like, wait, I, yeah, I, I should be somewhere in there. Right? right. If you're not on the list, you start resenting everybody around you. But if you make some time for yourself, well, life's not fun. Your hobbies, if you're not enjoyment, if you're not part of the equation, right. if you're constantly and Christians do this a lot. Well, I'll just deny myself and be a sacrifice for everyone else all the time. But it's like you never get to enjoy life, and that's that's a misinterpretation, I think, of scripture. I agree with you, but I have to say there's two different kinds of people. There's a person who, just two. Well, in this in this topic, I just want to address two. Okay. There's the person who's self-sacrificing, always giving, never thinking of themselves. You ask them, "What's your hobby?" I don't have a hobby. What do you do? I serve everybody else. You know, that's one. The other side of the spectrum is a person that only thinks about themselves, and it's all about them, and they're always first, and they they're only doing their thing, and their family goes to the wayside. Everything goes away wayside because it's all about them. And there's definitely a lot of people like that, too. And so what you're saying is true, but it depends who we're talking to. I want to be I don't want to be either one of those people. I want to be the one in the middle, the third person, <laughs> since there's only two. But I'm going to add one. There's only three. There's somebody in the middle and trying not to be a narcissist. Right. And also trying not to deny myself. To be a doormat. Well, right. and just give myself zero value. Yeah. You know. There's a balance there. So talking, so to, to just sum up what I said, my greatest accomplishment in my life is what I've poured into my kids, raising them. I actually uh, stopped working for many years where I could have tried to make more money. And believe me, we needed it. <laughs> we needed we it. we were poor. We've suffered, you know, food bank after food bank, <laughs> you know, used clothes, uh, you know. And that was just stuff. yesterday. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's true. You know, stuff on the side of the road. Most of our furniture found on the side of the road. So, yes, we could have used more money. But I believed that God had called me, and not everyone's called to do this, to totally invest in my kids. Um, and so I haven't worked very much throughout my child rearing years because I've always figured I have, hopefully, if I live long enough, another 20 or 30 years to do whatever I want um, once they're grown. And that's this fall. This fall, last one's out of the house. We're free! And I'll only be 47 <laughs> years old, you know? So yeah. I have plenty of years to do all kinds of stuff. Of course, they'll be home in summer and holidays, but yeah, they're, they're, they're my joy. And I'm very proud of River. I'm very proud of Haley. I'm very proud of Corbin. And I'm very proud of Connor, all four of our kids. I love them very much. Hmm. Well, for the record, I do too. In case you're listening, kids, uh, dad likes you too. I don't think they're listening. <laughs> That's true. Why would you want to listen to your parents? <laughs> talk to themselves on a podcast it's like the last thing a kid would want to do <laughs> they're like we hear you enough we don't need to hear you like in our private time yeah it's like uh <laughs> yeah we hear you it's okay over and over and over i'm like yes okay cool um this is a tough one for me i don't think in terms of accomplishments you can't answer it yet 
Because we have to do the book of the week or the month or the book of the three months. Okay, so we are on a regular routine of reading a book together every day, actually. I actually read a book with my son every day, my youngest, our youngest son, Connor. And I read a book with you every day, along with reading the Bible together. Uh, Boy, we sound really spiritual or something. You're a good reader. (laughs) Anyway, we read all kinds of books. And this one is different uh, than a lot of the books we read. We read a lot of teaching books and things like that, biographies you like, history of the world. You read all kinds of stuff. This one is really unique and different. A good friend of ours gave it to us. I have to give her a, a shout out. Thank you for donating this book to us as a gift. Uh, it's titled Desires in Conflict, and the subtitle is Hope for Men Who Struggle with Sexual Identity. And um, I know that you have studied a lot on this subject because as, as a pastor, former pastor, uh, you had a lot or some folks coming to the church who were struggling with sexual identity. Definitely. And I think because it was a Presbyterian Presbyterian church, I would have maybe more than usual, it felt like. Right. Um, a lot of people coming. Um, from right, because sexes, some wings of that female. denomination endorse that. Right. And so right. you had more people maybe right. coming through the door. Right. right. And um, and so you read up, you really studied up. I have to give you a lot of credit. Oh, like you read a stack of books on the subject so that you could really um, address that. You I know, read well. like six to eight books. I forget how many. And some were written by um, people who had the theology um, that goes the biblical view um, mm-hmm. about it. And some of them are the people who have more of the postmodern view of it, um, where they're uh, you know, LGBTQ affirming to the point of having LGBTQ pastors, or maybe they'll have a youth pastor who is, or not just in the area, though, of homosexuality or lesbianism or, or whatever, they also sexually in general, meaning yeah. you, you can live with someone, you don't have to be married. Um, if you have an affair, even, not fired. So, you know, there's all, it's just like sexual openness right. is basically what it was. And, um, and then, of course, there's the other side of the coin, which are Christians who are... Um, who are loving and caring with the LGBTQ community and love them just as much as any other person who's probably sexually active, um, living with their boyfriend or girlfriend or living Mm -hmm. with their, a boy living with a boy or girl living with a girl, loving, um, and you know, loving them, accepting them as people. Um, they're on their spiritual journey, helping them along, but people who follow the Bible and what the Bible teaches, Mm -hmm. which are sometimes hard truths, like you're not supposed to lie, not supposed to steal, um, you're not supposed to have sex outside of marriage. Um, marriage is between a male and a female. You know, all these things are, are biblical concepts that people want to follow the Bible um, do. They follow the teachings of Jesus, but um, they're, they're loving, right? And so, um, in fact, I want to address that. I feel like there's so many people who judge Christians as being uh, hateful or... Uh, yeah, hateful <laughs> towards the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Like my own grandfather, uh, who I consider to be a great man of God. He's uh-huh. passed away. He told me, he said, you know, back in the old days, and he grew up in a Pentecostal church, he said when I would see someone, yeah. right, who was uh, involved in same-sex attraction, I would think of them 
as somebody who's disgusting and look at them bad. Mm. He said, but God changed my heart. That's yeah. not the way to address it, obviously. Right. So God, you know, but he was coming from an, a different era. You and I, we've had many friends who are, um, in fact, I've had a person who came to my church. Um, I won't say her name or anything like that, but she um, was married to another woman. And she came, I think, at an Easter or Christmas service and became a Christian. And she raised her hand for salvation, asked Jesus in her heart. She was attending church, bringing her child to the kids' church yeah. and really enjoying it, enjoying the teaching and and uh, and everything. And she and, and uh, so I talked to her about this eventually. I was like, so, you know, we were meeting and meeting regularly. I was discipling her about the Bible and 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 we and the subject came up and and she said you know what tracy she said i can't say i understand everything the bible teaches i don't know much about it i don't know a lot about jesus but i don't want you to tell me even though i'm married to another woman i don't want you to tell me it's okay just to appease me i want you to teach me the bible because i'm here i'm coming to church to learn about jesus and learn the bible and so please teach me about Jesus, what he said, teach me about the Bible. And then I can't say if I'm going to agree with it or not. I might not agree. Right. But you as the pastor, that's why I'm here. I'm here to learn about that. Right. And so please just tell me the truth. <laughs> and I was like, well, that, and also <laughs> like, obviously okay. she felt that way because you had been really kind to her. Yeah. Very welcoming. Sure. I mean, we, we just treat her like gold because she was great. Um, now, getting back to the book, because we haven't actually talked about the book, oh, just so the sorry. subject. Um, Joe Dallas wrote the book, mm-hmm. and I I love this book. I actually had a lot of things in here minister to me, not about same-sex attraction, just about overcoming any challenge or temptation right. or stronghold in your life. And he was very, this is not a theology book. This is not what does the Bible have to say and teach about it. Uh, although he does sprinkle scripture throughout the book, it's a very practical uh, guidebook for someone who has same-sex attraction, a man, this is for men, mm-hmm. and what do you do if you're trying to follow God? What do you do? Mm-hmm. And he's very practical in how to be smart, how to be accountable. And I like the way he just frames the whole thing. He's like, look, um, in fact, he doesn't call people homosexuals because he's like, that's an identity. And mm. he says, I- I'd rather just call it like, sometimes, and he himself in his past had homosexual attractions or feelings. Mm-hmm. Right. And God set him free. And now he's he's been a uh, counselor for 30 years, actually helping other men uh, and counseling other people for other topics as well. But helping people um, get free of that uh, folks who wanted to. But I like the way he frames it. He says, look, usually uh, same sex attraction and following that lifestyle is trying to actually meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. You know, it's, it's meeting in a sexualized way. There's a need for intimacy. There's a need for friendship. There's a need for a closeness. Uh, and he really kind of breaks it down like, hey, we're all humans. We all have these needs. Uh, but you're not, you're not cursed forever. You're not in bondage forever. You're not warped or no good. God loves you. You know what right. I mean? And he has a way out. And you can be free. Yeah. So anyway, it's a great book. And I enjoyed it. I'm, we, 
we've we've read everything except the last appendix yeah. item. <laughs> I think we yeah, I I in fact you wanted to talk about it sooner. I was like, let's read the whole thing and make sure we agree with it. Make sure we feel like it's okay because it's such a hot button topic issue. Yeah. But I gotta say, this book is so well written. And out of like the eight books I've read, this is the number one I'd recommend because it's so practical. Like he's completely real normal kind understanding and it's like he gets in the head of the person struggling because of course he's been someone who struggled for many years and he relates in a way and gives real practical solutions and helps and guides to what to do and then me being someone who is in a straight relationship it helps me to understand the struggle and just to be even that more sensitive and caring with whoever's struggling, you know? And so if anything, it's helped me understand even more, care, be even more caring. And uh, it's it's such a good book, so well-written. In fact, I have to say, and I know this is crazy, but out of all the books I've read, maybe in the past 10 years, I feel like this is the most well-written book by somebody who has complete empathy, understanding, and wisdom yeah. Like I've never seen. Like we just keep reading it and be like, yeah, oh, that's so good. Like just over and over. And, and I feel like anybody could read this and be like, boy, does that make sense? You nailed it. Right. You know, whether that's they're for or against the issue or right. whatever. It's like he really makes a solid case. Um, not that he's trying to make a case, but he's just, it's just like. It, it's very you, helpful. Yeah. Very helpful. And, and he gives a lot of examples of clients that he had as a counselor yes. mm-hmm. to give real world, you know, hey, I, I've noticed this trend with like dozens of people that I worked with. They had this same kind of core issue, right. which led to the, the same sex attraction issue. Right. Yeah. So I think it's a great tool to share with someone who wants help in this area. Right. I'm going to be definitely um, sharing this with others. Yeah. And, you know. I would say if they want help, yes. But I think also it's just good for anybody. It's just so informative. I feel like I feel so educated (laughs) in this area. Like I knew stuff, but he just really, um, oh, so good. Anyway, I don't know how to express it. Yeah, it's it's and there's a lot in there. This is not a quick read. It's it it you have to dig in, but it's worth it in the end and and I felt like I could even apply some of it to my personal life honestly yeah. I don't know if you felt that no, way. no absolutely yeah and 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 I don't deal with same-sex attraction but he deals with so many emotional issues that completely apply I think to everyone yeah that I had lots of takeaways for myself uh, it was great yeah I like the way he said you know it's not a sin to have homosexual feelings or same-sex attraction there you know any more than it's a sin to be tempted to lust or tempted to or eat chocolate he said it's only (laughs) a sin if you act on that right you know um but that you know you don't have to beat yourself up with shame and condemn yourself and be like oh you know i'm a horrible person it's like no Mm -hmm. hey this is a journey and he makes that clear this is not an overnight change this is a journey step by step and here's the steps you can take right and i was like wow so practical you know because people get so hyped up like oh I gotta change oh I'm better it's over you know it's like no no this is a a lifelong journey journey. we're all dealing with all of our Mm -hmm. sexual feelings throughout our entire life yeah if it's pornography or or anything yeah Yeah. um you know what I want to mention right here too and then we'll end this long book review (laughs) longest ever but by the book (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, buy that book. What's it called again? Desires and Conflict by Joe Dallas. By Joe Dallas, yeah. So good. Um, there's also that website. I don't know if I've mentioned it before in a podcast, but it's super helpful because a lot of people aren't book readers. Yeah. And if you're not a book reader and you want to watch some short, really great videos, mm. great resources and information, it was started by this pastor in England who has same-sex attraction, yet he's decided to live celibate. Um, because he believes that the Bible talks about being celibate if you're struggling with that. So he's made that choice. And so he pastors a church. He's in ministry. Um, but he has accountability for this same-sex attraction that he would naturally fall into without the accountability and the helps in place. Anyway, he started a... Um, I don't know if it's a ministry or just a website that has so many great resources. It's called livingout.org, I believe. Is that right? Livingout.org? Sounds good. <laughs> I think it's livingout.org or livingout.com. Um, you can check on your phone and <laughs> see if that's right. But I've actually, I did a sermon uh, called FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions. And I actually used his testimony where he gave a great video. So if you're someone in ministry um, and you like to use videos when you do messages, um, there's some great videos. Or if you have a small group and this discussion comes up, mm -hmm. they have some great short videos you can use or you can share yeah. um, with people. And, and these are videos, I don't know if I would share them like on your Facebook, but maybe a private message if you're in yeah. a discussion. Yeah. You know, because you want to be sensitive. And by the way, it is livingout.org. I just checked. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're short videos, but I think they're like real people talking about real stuff. And I think yeah, they're made they're real in the uh, United Kingdom, Britain. Britain. Yeah, it's in England. Great Britain. So um, yeah, you'll see a lot of British people talking, just in case you That's wonder, true. why do all these people have an accent? Yeah. So check that out. And, uh, you know, we love our friends um, who are um, currently living in the lifestyle. We love them and we're still friends with them and have relationship. And, you know, we still live in San Francisco. And we had friends with people there and we love everybody. But we do, as people who believe the Bible is the inspired word of God and follow it, we do live to a certain standard that we try to encourage other people to consider in their faith journey as well. Yeah, absolutely. That was our book of the week. So back, back to business, the 36 questions. Um, question 15, once again, what is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Um, I, <laughs> this is a tough one for me because I just don't think in terms of accomplishments. Um, I know. I felt the same way. I'm like, accomplishment? Like, uh, you know. Never thought about that. Yeah. I, I mean, I just do stuff. <laughs> Right. And I don't, and I guess I try not to like put trophies in my mind of I did that. Look how great I am or, right. you know, um, but I've had some, I've been able to do some things in life. I have been glad I've been able to do. Um, it's tough. It's tough to pick out one because I, I, I don't know. I just feel like I get to live for Jesus and everything matters. Every little thing matters is mm. even if it's famous or nobody sees it, it's all, mm. it's all important, you know? So that's interesting. You say that. Cause I think knowing you, one of your greatest accomplishments is private and nobody would know. And that's how much time you spend in the word of God, how much time you spend in prayer and how much time you spend loving your family. 
Nobody sees that, but we do. And I think, personally, I think that's your greatest accomplishment. Well, um, I will... I, I will say this as far as my public life. Yeah. Um, I took over an organization, leadership of an organization about 10 years ago um, that was doing great work with the homeless. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I got the honor, the privilege to lead that organization and still do today, it's, it's um, I don't feel like I deserve it. I just feel grateful that I get to serve others and help others. And when I see, I mean, I I think of many people who their lives, I'll I'll just name one, my friend Megan. Uh, I met her at one time on the streets, struggling, homeless. And then I got to go to her wedding last year. It was surreal to see her reunited with her daughters, to see her marrying a man with two sons and bring coming together and starting a new life and how beautiful it was. I'll never forget it. Mm. I, it wasn't all because of me. I don't say that. It's just that I got to lead this organization and, and work with others who do work so hard and to see people's lives change like that. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's great. And I, you know, God rescued my family from addiction and hardship and sin and darkness and just being a mess yeah. And the fact that I get to help others find that same freedom that I found, it's it's just a, a joy. It's hard work sometimes. It's frustrating sometimes. It's challenging. Yeah. Uh, but what? I didn't accomplish it. It just I just get to do it. Mm. So that's that's kind of how I, I view life. Mm. Yeah. So you're. What's in. I know this is I'm just like a secondary question, like a follow-up question. Three questions deep. Um, 15 and 0.5. What's your favorite question. part about your job specifically? Like, what do you enjoy doing? Like, there's lots of things you do. You speak. Yeah. You, you do all kinds of things. What's your, if you could pick one thing that you enjoy doing most at your job, what would that be? Um, I, I, I have a creative part of me that needs an itch that needs to be scratched. <laughs> and so I really do enjoy telling God's story, um, whether that's preaching or teaching or writing mm-hmm. books and articles, just to, to share what God is teaching me mm-hmm. uh, as a part of this organization and what I, I don't know, how God continues to change my life through the poor. Yeah. It's just, it's the kind of thing you don't usually learn in church <laughs> or I don't know. It's unique. It's unique for me. I didn't grow up in the inner city or no. in the ghetto <laughs> or around crime no, we didn't. or poverty. I didn't grow up that way. Well, when you went to Bible college, you went out and you worked with gang members and stuff. Sure. So you I, were exposed but as at a young kid, age. Yeah, as a, as a young as child, a young I wasn't. Child. But, right. uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I've got to do a lot of things in my life, working with gang members and the homeless and people dealing with addiction and all, all of that. I'll, you know, I've ministered in prisons in different countries around the world. So yeah, now I've been around it a lot, but mm. yeah, it's, uh, I think you're pretty accomplished at what you do. Like if I were to think about the people who do what you do around the country, and I'm sure there's missions and ministries in every major city around the world, of course. But I think the sheer number of people that you reach with the ministry you work for 
and the sheer num and the way you do it so lovingly and so graciously not you but your whole team the way that you guys do it and mm. the numbers of people that you reach combined it just seems like it's the best one in the world <laughs> It just seems like the best in the world because there's some that reach a lot of people, but maybe they're a little bit harsh or a little bit, I don't know, tough or I don't know. Well, we're not perfect, but I I have to say when I see my team at their best, I'm like, who's better than this? Yeah. Who has more compassion and patience and love for people that you have to put aside sometimes their bad behavior or smell <laughs> or sm- or, yeah and I just see yeah. them loving them as if they're the greatest person on earth and I'm I like know. treating them like gold and I'm like I'm learning from them yeah I, I'm like okay you know yeah. I'm, I'm here to learn from the you know my staff because and it's a hard gifted. job Ugh, yeah. hard but I'm glad you guys are starting to train other people because you guys should be the ones training other people not just in New York City but around the world, you should be training other people on how to do this right because you guys are doing it right. And that definitely is one of your greatest accomplishments. And it's not you. I know it's the team. I know it's everybody. I know it's Jesus. But, hey, you know, you're making sure that that happens well. I have well. my part to play in it just like everybody else in the team. Right. But I do look around the room sometimes with our staff and go, I thank God because I'm like, I remember when we started, it was like seven or eight people and then it got to be 30. And I was like, wow, God, you've allowed me to make a place for each one of these people here. Yeah. And they're doing this because you helped me to make a place for them to grow it to where they could come and follow their calling Mm. and use their gifts. And I'm like, wow, they wouldn't be here if I wasn't here. You know what I mean? It's like the ripple effect of your life. Right. And, uh, you know, so I'm just glad to be a part of it. Well, I'm glad you're part of it. I'm glad I'm not as much of a part of it because it's so hard. It's so hard. But I think it's a calling, you yeah, know. It's, it's a, a call- calling. For, yeah, if you're called, it's a joy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this has been, I guess we, we just had saved up all of our words over the past three months to where we went super long. So I hope you're still listening. But uh, if you have uh, kids, spouse, family, friends, parents, cousins, neighbors, and you would like to draw closer to them. And we talk a lot today about authentic relationships and going deep and being real. And so sometimes we say that, but we don't really know how to do it. And so what we're doing by doing this podcast is we're giving, besides spending time with each other and uh, chatting. I just do this so I can hang out with you. (laughs) I know. Thanks for doing that. Because he's like our techie guy. He does every. I just sit here and chat and he's the one recording and has the mics and you do the editing. It's a lot of work. And he does it totally out of love Recorded for me. the theme song. I know. Wrote the theme song. You're wonderful. You're wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's my greatest accomplishment. <laughs> Everybody remember to thank the people in your life for the things they do for you. Because sometimes we just assume they should do it instead of taking the time to think. So sometimes thank you. we just take the person for granted who does all the hard work. It's true. <laughs> so right now, I want you to text, call, or look at the person who's doing stuff for you and thank them and appreciate them. Anyway, point being, what was I saying? I was trying to sign off. Oh, so we do this to have questions that you can use. So why don't you today or tonight or tomorrow this week connect with someone in your life and ask them that question. What's the greatest accomplishment you think you've had in your life? 
and then just sit and listen and talk to them and draw close. So use this question to make your life better and the people around you closer. And we hope that this podcast will be a blessing to you as we do our next, how many questions are there? 36 questions. <laughs> That's the title of our podcast. Our next 22 questions to come. Right? You got it.